0: And, and the it plus only, t- it only tells me two others. Yeah, those others. so those are people listening on like the, the, the web, not the app. Okay. Well yeah Rory, Brad, and Greg, shout out to you guys for being real ones and actually downloading a new app, which I know is difficult because I was hesitant and I didn't download this app for Seth. I downloaded it for Jake Fisher. Because oh. Jake Jake asked okay. me to do his show on Tuesday. Okay. And he was like, Hey, here's the app you should download it. And I was like, Oh cool. So I'll be ready for Seth. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really for you first, but Jake got me to download it, so. So, you know what? I'm leaving most of this in so people can hear some of what the, the normal Nerder pre-show is. This is this what is life like is, Nerd is like. She Wrote. Yeah. Yeah. This is not Nerder <laughs> yeah. She Wrote. This is Colin Schatz. Uh, I'm Seth Part now. Uh, joining me poolside uh, on his uh, current world tour, uh, or at least U.S. tour in uh, Florida, is uh, Dave Dufort, uh, the normally the host of Nerder She Wrote. Uh, and now we're flipping the tables, and I'm hosting, and he gets to, as he likes to say, he gets to cook. Dave, yes. How you doing aside from day drinking with beers ah. in Florida, talking on Dave. web apps? Listen, man, I'm doing. I mean, I'm doing great, and I just gotta say, you know, life is good when you are having a beer at two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Like, I know I'm living my life correctly because I'm able to crack a beer and feel pretty good about it at two o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so, perhaps. yeah, life is good,
0: man. Hey, it is, uh, it is it's like... It's not too hot and yeah. sticky in Florida yet, so like, don't come, because I don't need any more people in Florida, but it's <laughs> really nice right now down here. Yeah. It's uh, 75 and sunny in Milwaukee today, so we're doing I mean, okay. you should come, but not not yeah. people listening. I just got back from California, now, right, I think I'm I I'm sunshined you, gotta, out. I'm planning to come, I need to come up to Milwaukee this summer, because I want to paddle board on the river, out into the lake. Okay. I, I, I'm like determined to come up and do that. So you you're, know, you're giving me you, This is a tough segue to the NBA playoffs, but, uh, <laughs> paddling downstream with all oh, the injuries God. to opponents. Yes. There we go. The Boston Celtics. I don't know what, where that's, that's the only one I can think of right now. Uh, right Maybe. now, if people aren't watching, it's halftime of Philly and Toronto. And this looks like the gentleman's portion of the gentleman's sweep. But yeah. The, uh, but the important thing, really, coming out of this is Joel Embiid's thumb injury, which is another kind of, uh, you know, with uh, it, this is sort of a net like plus five dudes for Boston right now, given that Robert Williams is back, Kyle Lowry yeah. is out, if if it's a hamstring presumably for a bit, Chris yep. Milton's out for a bit, Joel Joel Embiid is hampered. Um, things are things are looking a little little rosy for the Celtics right James now. James Harden is cooked. James, well, yeah, well. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a, there's, there's an off season discussion there. Right. What to, what to do now with, uh, if, if you're, if you're Daryl Morey with, uh, with, with James Harden, like the baller move would be like, sorry, didn't work out. And, uh, and, and, but I don't see that happening. No. Yeah. There's, I mean, like, and we talk about this quite a bit, uh, not just on the show, but we talk about this a lot personally, when we talk about stuff that's happening, doubling down on, uh, I, I'm not even going to call it a bad decision because it's James Harden, right? Like, you get rid of a guy who wasn't going to play for you. And now the Seth Curry part of this hurts, but come on, man. You're getting James Harden. And, you know, 85% James Harden is still really damn good. And we've seen the flashes of that. Um I just don't – man, I would not want to be on the hook for the next contract. Yeah. No, it's and, – it, and it, it, it's uh this is something we. I mean, it's process versus outcome. It could have been a good decision that has worked out. Well, it's it's get to be seen how it'll work out. Obviously, like how this playoffs go, it will determine that to a large degree. Like this year, presumably next year, if they uh, if they re-sign Harden, and then the window starts to get a little a little iffy, because I mean, you know, at, at that point you have to you have to start you have to pay Maxi and and ah. Uh, you know, they, then it, it starts to become a question about you know the Sixers' ownership willingness to pay hundreds of millions in luxury tax to keep a team together if it hasn't done anything. So, regardless, it's it, it's it's probably looking worse now than when the trade was made. But we're not here to talk about trades. We're here to talk about works. so uh, we, we kind of we on Nerder we kind of we kind of went deep on third games on most of the West series. So what? What else has, uh, has struck your, your eye about the playoffs thus far? Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler is a confusing dude, man. That's <laughs> one of the things that, like, this is on the cutting room floor from Nerder, is that this guy, like, uh, you know, one of the things that I have struggled with coming from, like, like just working as a basketball, like, being a basketball person to being an NBA person, and you and I have talked about this, is that the the – The individual personalities are actually hard for me to parse because why wouldn't this guy play this way every day? Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm thinking about the, the, you know, the 45 point performance and not that you're going to do that every game, but he was stirring the drink. And it just feels like there are so many periods during the season where it's like, well, where the hell is Jimmy Butler? And this is, this is like the last couple of years. And part of this is Miami and the way that they, tend to obfuscate things and try to hide things. And also, like, you never know what the hell is happening there. I mean, we've talked about this in the previews. like Miami, they're incredibly well coached. Like, they're the best coached team in the league, I think, from from day in, day out, Uh, which is why they have so much success. But then, you know, it's like their most important or second most important player behind BAM, I would say, just – Sometimes it's like incredible and then sometimes it's like non-existent. And, and then you get these playoff games out of him where it's like, Oh, that guy's a prime time performer. What the fuck? Like I, you know, like I, I find myself struggling with the analysis part of that. And, and Miami every single year tends to confuse me because the coaching just covers up so many of their warts. And, and then you'll see them and not even in the first round of the playoffs, you'll see them in the second round. When the competition actually starts to get stiff, and they got to play these guys, you know, seven times in a couple of weeks, but uh, Jimmy Butler stands out to me as a guy who's just like he's only a, he's a 16 game player on purpose, I think, right? Uh, I I kind of feel like that's that's sort of a misdiagnosis. Okay. Um, it's more the way I would put it is like none of the three best players on that team are guys who play with the throttle wide open offensively all the Fair. time. Yeah. Like, like yeah, I think that's a, like, the, the things you're saying about Jimmy Butler, like, apply somewhat to Bam in that, like, he can do things. It's just you don't always see it. Like, there was a, a moment in the, uh, I think it was the, the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble. Was it the bubble? Was it the... the the second round or the no, it was the, it was the, it was the conference finals against the Celtics where Bam was like, oh wait, I have these skills, I can actually just go get buckets, and you know some of that is being guarded by Daniel Tice, which makes things easier. Um But in, nothing against Daniel Tice, but like that's not a, pot, uh, a a fair matchup. Um But he doesn't do that all the time. Like Lowry is not at this stage in his career like. I am, I am scoring, I am driving offense in every possession. The one guy on their team who is, is Tyler Hero, and that, you know, worked mostly okay in the regular season, but playoff-level competition, Tyler Hero as, like, the offensive driver, do you buy that? No. Not what? at all. And and this was something that we actually, I thought we, we kind of hammered with them, was that... Hero being so important on the offensive end really was going to bring them their, their defense eventually because they're going to hunt him right like that, that, well, <laughs> that well well they, i mean they, they uh will work against Miami I, well I they they they, found but... it, they they found they they found a way around that uh yesterday yeah. by playing lineups with Hero where there was also uh, like Dwayne Deadman and Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent on the floor at the same time. So yeah. it's like... <laughs> it was, like, that was... Well, that was well, you got to protect your guy, right? Like, yeah. Tyler Hero is their next Max guy, I'm assuming, yeah. right? Oh like, or, or semi-Max or something close to the Max. So, like, you got to protect him. Don't let him get cooked. You know, it's, it's the Trey Young battle, right? Like, he brings right. so much on the offensive end for you. How do you fix it on the other end? I mean, it's, you know, John Morant, too, like, which Mo has been probably as vocal about as as maybe anybody in the media right like pointing out how jaw is the weak the weak link of that defense i I mean tyler hero is the guy where we all agree they need him for the offense but man he just brings your defense down so like working around that like this is this is why i think that none of us truly believed in the heat um you know As far as like being an actual title contender, and of course now with Chris Middleton being out, if if Rob Williams looks good, I think it's Boston is the favorite. But I think Miami's got a shot now because Middleton's out. You you agree with me there? I no, I think this. I mean, I think that that you know, the the team that has a better chance now when the playoffs started was is Boston. Everyone else is sort of. I mean, it, it it depends a lot on Lowry. I think because. Um, it's both Lowry is what he is, but also like the other question we had about Miami and, and, you know, this is the question I had about adding PJ Tucker with, with their sort of, that was their one slot to add talent after they, they acquired Lowry was like you're thin, old and brittle. And like, so yes, if, if like our guys are all healthy, but you know, they're guys who aren't. Always, health gets injured. Jimmy gets injured. Lowry last card, like, and guys in Miami. I think it's it's maybe a flip side of their conditioning regimen. I don't. I would say, is it fair to say that 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 the Heat haven't had the best? Like, they're always well conditioned when they're on the floor, but they haven't always been the best at keeping guys on the floor. Well, and this is an interesting angle on that, right? Like they pay so close attention to body fat and, and, you know, all these other numbers internally in the weight room and things like that. But man, there is a point where I think you can go too far with the condition, right? Like you need to be trained and conditioned, but there is a fine line between the two. And I think basketball training for conditioning is the best way to get there. Um, there's a point where because of the how long the season is, are they actually getting these guys too lean too early, right? Like, if, like, this is something that we've talked about. Like, how do you time out when you're in your peak condition? Because we think about this like, you can't maintain peak physical condition the way that, that like, the average person thinks you can. You can't do that for nine months. The season is too long. You really can only get it for a couple months at a time. You know, if you think about boxers and the way that they do a training camp for a fight, and, you know, part of that is, yes, you got to cut weight uh, the last, like, six weeks or whatever, but, but they are working specifically to condition for one fight. The NFL, 16 or I guess 17 games now, you're, you're spending all week getting ready for one fight at the end of the week. Well, with the NBA, man, you might have four fights a week. And this is where the schedule actually hurts these guys physically. And baseball is a lazy sport, right? Like baseball, man, like you had David Wells was a great pitcher for a little while. Adeki Arabu was a good pitcher for a while. Like you just can have guys who aren't in shape that, that are, that can do stuff because it's kind of a lazy sport. Basketball's not that, man. Like these guys, it is a lot of work and I have, had the same thoughts as you about Miami. It's like maybe you guys are too worried about when these guys are hitting their physical peak. Training camp doesn't seem like the right time, and I don't want to, like I also don't want to create an NBA where everyone's lazy and out of shape all year because that sucks too. I don't know, man. It's catch twenty-two. The season's too long. Crap. How do you? No, um, <laughs> um, no, it's it's um. No, it's like I, I you know you're using your boxing analogy. I think the better one is like Tour de France. If you've, if you've ever heard yes. like cyclists talk about being on like the razor's edge and like, because, you know, it's, it's cycling, it, it, like the, the, the math is fairly simple. It's power to weight ratio. So like you yep. need to hit this point where you are at your lightest for just the right amount of time before your strength starts to degrade. Now the problem is, is you have no resilience. So if like, if anyone sneezes anywhere like around, you know, uh, like you know, the the riders in the Tour de France. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, have, have you ever seen Monsters Inc? It's like when that when they they, they find oh, the, yes. sock, the, the sock, the kid's sock on the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's well, someone sees. It, yeah, all the guys in the Tour de France are shaving anyway because you, know, oh, well, you can't have hair no, on you if you yeah. want to be fast. That's that's this that's not I what I meant. I was, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was more talking about like. if if you sneeze and like like 15 people just tackle you and hustle you out cuz it's like no you yeah. can't can have that around cuz the, these guys get a cold well, and, you and might, they're done you might contaminate the ta- the the blood bags right like if if you're around the oh, you know if you're in the if you're in Dave. the trailer with uh, that has all the you know the EPO blood in it you can't, you can't have you sneezing i mean it's, speaking know. speaking of playoff <laughs> stuff no um, yeah uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> rumors rumors uh-huh, um, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. um, yeah no I saw so I, but the, so I so here's the, the point about the heat really is and I, I was talking with Matt Moore about this yesterday is this has been a weird season in that we never we haven't really gotten a sense of aside from like Phoenix how good any team is I think Miami played to about their level and I don't mean like they're first in the East. I mean they were uh, a fifty. Like how many games did they win this regular season? That's that that like they're a, a fifty-two, fifty-three win team, which mm-hmm. you know isn't, you know is a, is an outside contender most years, right? Right. And and I think that that's really like the the potential that that you know Boston and Milwaukee and Philly has is is more and and even if like uh, Miami's median outcome is higher than those teams it doesn't matter only one of them needs to be better and the likelihood right. is one of them will be because they have that that sort of that latent potential they didn't show during they, they didn't necessarily fully realize during the season i think that that's right you know like if you if you put this Miami Heat team against any of the elite teams in the east they probably like if you, if you ran the series 100 times they might win 60% of them because they are so – they're, they're going to be consistent-ish. Uh, but I do think that the lack of uh, an elite ceiling like those other three teams, they don't have Joel Embiid, they don't have Giannis, they don't have Jason Tatum. And the NBA is kind of a unique team sport in that with only five guys on the court, one guy can have an outsized effect, positive and negative, on the outcome. And if you rely so much on one end on a guy like Tyler Hero, well, he's going to be taken advantage of on the other end. That's the way that the NBA is. It's a matchup-based sport now. And I think the, the idea is you have an elite guy, which Tyler Hero is not, to me, an elite guy. And then um, – but he has to be able to play both ways. It's important. Like, you need an elite offensive guy – who at least is average on defense this is one of the things that I worry about with Memphis and Ja, although I think that their their backline help is good enough to make up for it i don't know if miami's is i mean bam is amazing, but like i don't know is p j Tucker enough bam, but also uh, bam isn't like isn't like a paint anchor in right. the same way like yeah. I think that they, like having you know you, you know, you've got athletic guys like Jaron Jackson, Brandon Clark, or big guys like Steven Adams, Avery Tillman. Right. Like that's Bam is mobile, but he's not like, he's not Jaron Jackson as a rim protector. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a different kind of, it's a different, um, it's, it's Draymond without the rim protection more, which, you know, right. that's, um, which is, it's, it's a very good defender. Um, possibly on a per like possibly should have gotten more defensive player of the year. Um, respect. Although, you know, I, obviously the, where, where the award went, um, it, it, <laughs> 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 but enough about that. Um, by the way, folks who are, who are listening in, like we, we're just kind of wrapping here. So if you got any questions, yeah. please, please hit us hit up. Uh, Let's go. Um, we love questions. I, this is actually one of the things that I was most looking forward to about doing your show was taking questions. Cause you know, like our mail I think our mailbag shows on Nerder are fantastic, but actually being able to hear people's voices is uh, yeah. is more fun, right? So Well, uh, that's 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 my fault for not uh, promoting it as a Q&A more earlier. Well, earlier. it's okay. Yeah, but everything you know. with Dave is a Q&A. Yeah. It does. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I cook, man. This is yeah. this is the 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 story of the cooking show. Oh, well, let me ask you a question. Yes. Seth. Yes. What stood out to you? What is what is kind of surprised you a bit um let me see what things that, that have some, uh, like dallas like we talked about this yesterday but dallas continuing to i don't know that hasn't really surprised me actually i kind of it we yeah the the, the, the degree to which they've had success kind of playing the same way without luka but the fact that they've played yep. the same way didn't totally surprise me because it's a good opponent for them um, I mean, obviously, like Golden State looking as menacing as they have, um, like caught caught both Mo and I by uh, off guard a little bit. I think that's somewhat to do with health, um, somewhat to do with the fact that that Denver is maybe uh, a little more cooked than we than we anticipated, uh, but they've uh, they've certainly looked better. Um, I don't know. In the East, does anything really surprise me? The Bucks kind of. They 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 kicked it up a notch yesterday, but the Bucks kind of still being a little. I don't want to say lackadaisical or go, but they're they're they are they have not the switch has not been flipped. Mm-hmm. And we saw what it looks like yesterday. Like it's like um, Javon Carter came in the game yesterday, and they had four smalls around Giannis, and they were just buzzing. And that's what that's when they blew the game open. Like Javon Carter didn't take a shot last night but the bucks were like plus 19 in in his you know relatively limited minutes and you know single game plus minus whatever but if you watch the game like his just you know his his you know pushing the pace on offense his tenacity and, and handsiness on defense and just the the kind of the, the team overall just started swarming it was the most zip the bucks have played with um maybe since i don't even know when the last time was maybe one of the Phoenix games in the regular season. Yeah. I mean maybe, like having the, the Phoenix or that, like there's a couple games in the regular season where they got up and were just, and, but we haven't really seen that a ton from them this year. Um, and I think they're, I think a lot of it is they're, they're, they're frankly, they're tired. They're like, yeah. there's a lot yeah, of, teams you mentioned it the other day, 20 months, the last 20 months of basketball have been insane for these guys in particular, like the bucks in particular, it has been nuts. And, uh, you know, Drew and Chris Middleton playing in the Olympics after a title run. There's also the championship hangover, which, you know, we don't talk about as much as we probably ought to. Because they really did play. I mean, what was it? Uh, when was the finals? Was it was July. Did we go into July? I can't Sounds remember. Because right. time died. No, we did, yeah, right? we went like, into to, yeah. yeah I think July. Cause then it was in July, summer league was right? in August. Like, so these guys. Yeah, Yeah. so these guys were playing intense basketball not even a year ago, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it's a different world. And I think that these guys running out of gas a little bit, and especially with Chris getting injured, um, eh, you know, a little bit of bad luck. Dave seemed to Dave seemed to cut out there for a second. Uh, So um, Oded Oded Raz, hopefully I'm pronouncing that that right. uh, Dropped a question in: How does success change how they should the Mavs' success change the way they build around Luka? That's a good question. If uh, if we can get Dave back here, David, David, um, um, that's it. That's I don't think it. I think, so I'll answer while, while trying to get Mr. Defour back, maybe you drop a phone in the pool. Um, uh, so I wouldn't want to react overly to just this one series. Um, again, I think it's a, a good matchup, um, even if the Jazz were kind of right, and I think you're kind of catching a... You know, it, it, there's a little bit of uh, you know. Don't get in the way of your of your enemy when they're when they're self destructing, and you know. I think the signs of that have been there for Utah, kind of much of the second half of the season. So, for as good as they have been without Luca, I wouldn't want to base franchise decisions on this matchup because this is guys. Oh, yeah, that was my fault. Oh. What happened? Did you drop? Did you drop your phone in the pool? No, I didn't drop my phone in the pool. I accidentally closed the app. That was my fault. All right, all right. So no, I was asked, so there's there's a, if you can see there's a question from uh, Odid Raz, uh, and I'm okay. sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Is is should the Mavs' success this series change how they build around Luca? Um, and I was I was kind of saying you know slow down. Um, you know this series isn't the thing that you should necessarily be reacting to because the Jazz are a good matchup. In general, and also imploding. Um, I I do think, though, that that adding, and I think we talked about this a little at the time, that adding Dinwiddie, just adding more, like, ball handling, adding more creation um, was a good way. I think that they, you know, they and the Hawks have, I think, made mistakes in leaning so heavily on their, their one guy for offense. And we've, you know, I think most talked about this a lot this year. The Mavs have kind of changed the way they've get gotten Luca involved in the offense a lot. You know, they're they're you know getting him off the ball early in possessions and running him th- you know, through some baseline stuff and posting him up, running him on an Iverson cut. Yeah, even, right. Like just some simple stuff before they even get into their offense. He doesn't have to bring the ball up every single time. They, they've made changes, and you know, I actually think that this is. Instructive to the way that they've been trying to build around Luca, right? Like this is, to me, this is confirmation bias that you're doing the right thing because the idea is to build a basketball team and a basketball team can, can afford to lose one guy if it's a good one. And I don't know that they're a good team, but they're a totally fine team without Luca, right? Like this is a team that probably is at least a play in team if Luca's not on it. Yeah they, they performed when like when crazy. he missed when he missed yeah. time this year they they did perform well. I think you know I think there's a, there's a lot of teams that have made the mis- like, frankly like you know for a couple of years we probably made this mistake with the Bucks um and both mm-hmm. b- both win and after I was there is like oh well too much well Giannis has that so we don't need that. And then you know and the kind of one of the missing pieces was adding that one more ball handler, one more creator in in Drew Holiday. So when if we ever when if we ever seen a team add one ball another ball handler and thought it was a bad thing? Right? Like the we, Nets? Like we see yeah. But, but even with I the mean, Nets. Twice. But see, but well, even with the Nets, when they had all three of those guys, they were yeah, no, I'm, uh, yes, I know. Yeah. That, that was so like, that was more about the non basketball stuff. Like, well we it always we do was a lot of weird like I, I think and I say we as in the collective we of of media people we do a lot of hand-wringing about there's only one basketball there's only one basketball well the beauty of basketball is that it's a communist sport and when it's played the best people are sharing the rock right and so if you've got a bunch of people on the court that can do stuff great because if you're sharing the ball it means more people are doing stuff and now you don't know where the offense is coming from you don't know where the action's going to be you don't like you keep people on their toes by having guys who can actually do stuff and so Jalen Brunson has been huge. Adding Spencer Dinwiddie has been big. I don't know if you guys noticed, but Dorian Finney Smith had a fantastic year. He might be the best three and D player in the league with the way that he shoots the ball now. It's insane. Oh, and like, so you were just singing Danny Green's praises yesterday, and now you've just you've well, you've, you've, you've broken up old. with him officially. Well, he's old, man, and, and like I, I can still appreciate the finer <laughs> points of Danny Green. <laughs> being trading, a trading up for a younger model, are we? But, I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith might be that guy. I mean, (laughs) Mikkel Bridges has advanced out of that, right? Like, he's just better than that. But Dorian Finney-Smith, I think, had such an amazing year, and and they've just done a really good job of adding pieces that, to me, are complementary to Luca. And the Dinwiddie – like, first of all, Jalen Brunson, any Villanova point guard, take them because they're coming in strong. But Jalen Brunson and, and Spencer Dinwiddie have been able to step into that that role that that Luca basically played, and that means when Luca's there, now you have high level play behind him, and so you know Dinwiddie has been a player, in and in especially now that he looks so healthy, right? Because the first half of the season he looked, he did not look great on that knee, but he's look, he's looked so good that dunk the other night on Gobert. Now, of course, he had. 30 feet of runway. <laughs> he basically <laughs> had, like, the Mario Kart turbo zone. No, like. it, was, it was the Michael Jordan uh, free-throw line dunk, essentially, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> he could have taken off from the free-throw line. There was nobody in front of him. Uh, it, he, he was running on a football field, essentially. And, and, but he looked great getting up off the ground. And, and he's looked pretty good for the last, like, basically since the trade deadline. He's looked pretty fresh. So adding those sorts of guys who have skills... It's important. Basketball is a skilled sport. And, and, you know, Maxi Kleba being able to hit shots now, because uh, he's wide open, it shouldn't he's surprise probably, He's probably healthier than he was in the, in the yeah, last couple 100%. playoffs. Yeah, um, and it, they get a week off, man. They, like That week off for the play-in, I think, elevates the level of play in the playoffs. It makes sure that every team is kind of starting out fresh from a rest perspective. And I think that that's huge. Now, now Denver didn't have that luxury because Nikola Jokic just carried, you know, everyone's baggage for now. Well, just, months. I mean, they're 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 just you know they're just under just so with the Warriors being healthy, they're just so under talented that it's not mm-hmm. you know. So I want to you you mentioned Nova, and so this is actually something that I wanted to bring up the other day. Um, um when do when do we start hearing Jay Wright rumors? Uh, do you think Jay Wright's going to go to the NBA? I don't, but now that he's not coaching Nova anymore, like like when do we when do like it seems like okay, well here you're, you're kind of unencumbered, so what what's the Godfather offer um i, I can well, see, all right, like but okay, hey let me let's strangely. just let, let's look let, like you know not that there's a there's a franchise that has a coaching vacancy that has known to weigh college success heavily in their decision making, but does the Charlotte they make a run at him. <laughs> I mean, he's a great coach and that's a guy that knows how to, obviously knows how to run a successful program. And um, his guys know how to play in the NBA. His guys know how to play in the NBA. Well, part of that though is because they do so much strength and conditioning work at Villanova, right? Like I actually think they're so far ahead of the game when it comes to, uh, skill development and, and strength and conditioning that like Sadiq Bey, like I was saying the Warriors, like you guys got to get Sadiq Bey. Right. Like, I mean, that, that dude, I, there was no way that guy was not going to be a rotation player in the NBA. And it's because they teach these guys, you got to be in shape, you need to be strong. And then the other stuff kind of comes into play as a part of that. But as far as Jay Wright and his style, I mean, I, I changed it up for the NBA. Um, but these guys know, know how to play basketball too, though. That's the, like. Yes. But that's you don't, because, you... like, he's able to mold them a little bit more than I think you would be able to do in the NBA. Like, in the NBA, how much does a coach actually influence right. how a guy's play? Right? Like, right. I think that it's it's very little on an individual basis, and it's more about the team. Sure. So I look at what's his team philosophy, what's his team concept, what's his scheme like? Now, I'm assuming he would throw it all out the window, because I don't think Lenova's sort of system would work in the NBA. He obviously can coach basketball and can motivate guys. I mean, you don't win a national championship without that. So – he could do the job, but, like, I don't know, man. I think if I'm Charlotte, I don't want a 60-year-old guy. And I hate to be ageist here, but I do think you want someone who's a little bit younger, new in their career. Like, I mean, like I said the other day, I hope to get a first-year guy who's willing to be creative. And they need to trust this guy to lose. Right? Like, don't make the play-in, bro. Because clearly that's a mistake. If James Borrego had not played – the veterans that they had and they've missed the plan, he probably is still there, right? I don't Do agree think so. on that? I, No, I, I, I don't think so. I think that if they, if they, you don't like the job he did. No, I just don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, this, this is sort of agnostic. Of what. what if, sure. That I think if like, I think they thought that they were like, you know, and you know, frankly, I, I don't terribly disagree with them. Like their record was what it was, but again, such a mess defensively against good teams that it's just like, okay, where do we go from here? Um, and you know, whether they won forty-three games or thirty-five games, it's sort of like, what's what are we, you know, what are we building towards? So it's almost right. like this is this is almost like, yeah, no, the you know, nine seed out isn't isn't our thing anymore. Is is. Um, is a little bit what, what that move signals to me. Because I think that he could, like, he's shown that he can coach offense and get guys to, you know, be an averagest team, but so what? Like, you've got a player, you've got a, a, a building block as good as LaMelo. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're, your uh, aspiration should be a little higher. Well, can we talk about LaMelo a little bit? Because sure. I, as good as LaMelo is, I don't think he's, like, great. And and I think he's got a high ceiling, but like the defense is really bad. And some of the offense isn't great either. So I think there's things he does well defensively. I think that there's so little, so little base for a good defense. It's hard in to tell. Charlotte that like the fact that no, but like like you know he 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 gets lost in rotations. He sticks on screens because he's not. He's not, uh, he's not especially strong yet, but he's got a great nose for the ball. His passing lane's well. Like, if you have, mm-hmm. if you have someone behind you who can, like, you know, the, the, like the go-bear-to-Charlotte stuff makes so much sense, because that's, that's, a, that's a team, like, like, depending on who of their core would be in that deal, like, that, that strikes me as a team that can battle for home court next year. What, the Charlotte with Gobert? Yeah. Well, because Lamelo can throw a lob, and yeah. Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley can't. Well, Con- Conley can. He just can't get by anybody. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think he throws good lobs either. <laughs> I watched much To be fair. should be fair. Should be fair. Yeah. Know. Well, it's not like he had a lot of practice playing with with Gasol and Zebo. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I like. I swear to God, man, throw a good pass to Gobert. Challenge. Nobody would on that team would pass it. it it's just – it's off. I mean, like, they don't just miss him and don't see him. They also can't hit him when they try to pass the ball Dude, to him. Like, do, half the you stuff want to, that he drops out of bounds uh, is on the other guy. Do you want now, to tell the story had- about the time we saw them live oh, a couple yeah. years ago? Yeah, hell yeah. We were So, we were at Sloan. This is right before the shutdown. I mean, you know, uh, we were literally in the, in the same room as Rudy Gobert when he maybe had COVID the first time. And – you and I were sitting up in the in the freaking. They put us in the worst seats in the garden. Literally, like you're you got to take this special crazy elevator up to this. Uh, I don't even know what you would call it. It's almost like a catwalk that they put the media. The up. <laughs> yeah, no, well, they put, the, they, put <laughs> the, they put the they put the the lesser media up. Like we we yeah, went sure. to the game with, we, we, we went with, we like, we met Tim Bontemps there and he's like, oh, I'm sitting down here courtside. And I was like, bye Tim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tim Bontemps way more special than we are. And so we're sitting there watching and, and we had talked a, a lot about how much they were missing Gobert, but it was early in the, hey, they never passed the Gobert, right? It was early in those days and we're watching and it's just like pick and roll after pick and roll and Boston's small and Utah has Gobert and Gobert is getting a great seal on the screen and he's rolling hard and his hands are wide open and they didn't throw one pass to him the whole game it was it was nuts it was one of the most and, and since that moment i think Donovan Mitchell's only thrown like seven or eight passes to Gobert and that was 2 years ago <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> it's pretty bad man it's awful like Look, man, this guy, like yes, you don't want to throw him a bounce pass and ask him to do something with the ball after he gets it. But certainly we've seen enough from him, not only in the NBA, but like the FIBA stuff. Like his stuff with France stands out to me because they run a whole Go Bear package. He has some skills. You just he's need a, to use him. In international rules, he's a top five player in the world. Yeah, he's insane. Like, just the way... How do you not figure out how to use The the way the game is officiated and with, like, the goaltending rules. He's he's legitimately, like... like He was the second best player in the Olympics. Yep. And (laughs) and so, to me, there's a bit of a coaching failure there. Um, And then there's the personality conflicts that are clearly present, which everybody can try to dance around. But, like, again one of the beautiful things about basketball is only five guys on the court so one guy can have an outsized impact on the on the results but also it's one of the negative things and if you have two guys that don't like each other then guess what man you got a you got a problem with your team and i think that that's what we see a lot with with utah in particular is you know clearly so those there's guys a difference are at between, odds there's, a, and won't play there's a difference between not liking each other and not playing together like I don't right. know if it's like like Jordan what's what's another... Loved each other. Well, I don't think you know. There's there's been enough kind of you know backhanded chit chat around the the uh, you know in, in yeah. press conferences and stuff that I'm not sure that John Collins and Trey Young are best of friends. But oh yeah, they, they, they play. but they but they play t- they 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 play well together. Like you don't you, there's not you know. Trey will throw him a lob. Trey will hit him on the on the short roll. Trey will hit him on a pick and pop. John Collins will acknowledge the good pass. John Collins will be excited for the good plays that that that, that Trey makes. So, mm-hmm. like when like they like they they may not be close buddies, but they but yeah. they are they are acceptable, dependable. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're like, teammates. Competi- yeah, they're, they yeah. yeah, they play together. Yeah, they're they're they they're, well, they're colleagues. Right? They're they're uh, there functional colleagues, like it's not there. Maybe it isn't like a personal synergy, they're, but it's not like an antipathy. They're yeah, professional. I mean, I you know, prof- like professional is such a loaded word. Like mm-hmm. you know, you could two people can be professional and just hate each other and it just not work. Like I think we've all been in that situation where mm-hmm. it's just like nah, I just I I I can't with this motherfucker. Um, and and you know sometimes there's no like sometimes it it there, there's a villain and sometimes it's just like you know. Two pieces of sandpaper rubbing against each other, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know. Um, See, I'm more likely to go the other way. I'm more likely, I'm more likely to like you in real life and hate you on the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, just just plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. I get along with people extremely well in real life, but on the basketball court, man, I, I have principles. That sounds. I got into a fight with my best friend playing pickup because I was this like, "This those the hell, things man, that people say." This is one of those things that people say that I don't actually agree with is you can like, there's, you know, you can tell a lot about someone's personality when you play pickups with them. It's like, eh. definitely not. Like sometimes, like there's certain aspects of it. Like, do you call bullshit fouls? Like that's right. But but, do you take bad shots? Do you not out? Do you, are you indifferent to defense? Like those, those don't necessarily have a lot of reflection on outside personality. Oh, yeah, but my guy Bengals has a has a. Oh, we got some question. questions. Wait, I think there's a couple questions actually. Yeah, got a couple. Yeah, well, uh, we were, we hit Odin in the. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, Bengals, un, 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 unmute yourself and uh, uh, what do you got? Not bad news. It's... Um, I just wanna, I don't wanna change the subject, but I wanna ask <laughs> what you think Please. about. Obi Toppin and how he'll perform oh, wow. later in his career. because uh, I've been asking a lot of people, you know, kind see what you what guys think. Well, what are other people say? Before I answer, um, <laughs> I've heard some people talking about you know bringing up de- him and Dayton and thinking that once Randall's gone, he'll probably perform. Bring DeAndre Ayton? No, uh, him his play at, at Dayton. Oh, at Dayton. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um. Yeah. You know, I, I think Obi Toppin uh, has shown like uh flashes as an energy guy, and I do yeah. think that this year when the Knicks went small, they had a lot of success with him. But how much of that success is just ah they're not really that good of a team, and this is a little blip. Like it, when it comes to. Playing against good teams, does Obi Toppin do anything for you that's special, right? Like we, we, Seth and I talk about this a lot with uh, incoming uh, prospects. What's their elite NBA skill? You got to have at least one that you're really good at, and hopefully you've got like. I, is five that or true six, anymore? Like Scotty Barnes, right? Is is that is he, true I don't anymore, know, man? I think I don't think that's true I, I think, think what is, I think the one skill guy. What's Obi's guy... elite thing outside of athleticism? No, but I, th- I think the one-skill guy has actually kind of been phased out. Well, know, that's actually. what I'm getting at. Yeah. But you need to have something that you're elite at, and then you need to be good at a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And so I think with OB Toppin, you could say, all right, man, he's an elite energy guy. He, like, he's got great athleticism. But then what else is he good at? Not he really can, a good I jump mean, shooter. He can shoot really a little. Good. He moves off no, the ball well. But it's not plays good. In transition. I wouldn't call him good. He's fine. He's fine. Can yeah. he handle the ball? He's fine. Like, he just, he's okay at a lot of stuff, and he's an elite athlete. And I think that those guys have just been kind of skilled out of a, a, a high level spot in the league. Doesn't mean he can't be your fourth guy. Maybe Obi Toppin is your fourth guy on a decent team. But it's just like, Are you, he plays you're a hoping position. for Dwight Powell, right? You're hoping for Dwight yes, Powell. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect example. If you can like get maybe Dwight a little Powell bit like OB. not more maybe, offensive than defense, maybe more of a pure four than a four-five, but better right. shooter. But that's yeah. I think that's the you know that Brandon Clark, uh, um, you know where I mean we're talking about energy guys like that Brandon mm-hmm. Brandon Clark, uh, uh, Dwight Powell. I'm sure we I'm sure if we we thought for a second we could come up with with one or two more um, kind of examples. I mean, we'd of, probably of, come up with like ten if we sat and, and really parsed yeah. it out, but. But I think Obi Toppin, like, he's not going to do for you what Julius Randle can, right? Because he just doesn't have the handle and the vision for that. Um, but as an athlete, I don't know, is he like a seventh man, a sixth man on a good team? That seems right. Yeah. I think, he, I mean, I think on a good team, he's, he could be a starter. I think on a yeah. championship level team. I mean, I don't know if, if, you know, if he's like, you put him as the, as like the four on the nets, how does he look? Tommy he probably looks pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, I think, I think he's got, I think he does have, like he's got good hands and decent feel, even if his, even if his like, like individual skill level isn't like massively high. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, you put him around, you know, in a system where there's some movement and some pace. Like, right. how would, like, you know, would how would he look in the Vanderbilt role for the Timberwolves? I mean, I mean he, he, he would look amazing in a Mike D'Antoni offense, right? Like right. he could be a 20 point a game guy. <laughs> from Mike D'Antoni. Um, but how many games are you going to win? How many games right. are you going to win right. in the playoffs if he is one of your more important guys? And I think, like, and, and I like Obi Toppin a lot. I thought he was going to get more opportunity in that in his rookie year, and, and being injured didn't help him out very much. But um, I like him in the way that I like a lot of guys who are in that 7, 8 in your rotation range. It's like he's a nice player, but this isn't, like, Unfortunately, Obi-Toppin isn't a guy that. I mean, we probably have talked too long about Obi-Toppin. If I'm being yeah. honest. So there, we got a couple more yeah. questions in the, in the chat. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's yeah. um, first first a couple warriors question. Let's uh, can the can we settle the new warriors death lineup is called the Deadpool? Has uh, he has been a revelation? I whatever. I don't. I, know. I called him Ishmael. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which didn't Stop. catch on. But, but because people don't read anymore. That's yeah. why I didn't catch on. Right. Um <laughs> he has been a revelation. It's like, hey, i am like you know, I you know, he's a player who I I frankly I hated in the draft and did not uh did not was one of the worst players in the league as rookie. But like basically halfway until halfway through his second season, he was he was bad. And then like at a certain point he said sort of something flipped and now he's like It's you the know, the G know, bubble. But, yeah. Mid season this year, like, someone put up a poll, like, who would you rather have Tyler Hero and or Jordan Poole? And it was actually pretty close, and I thought that was insane. Um, and now I think it might be insane the other way. Because <laughs> um, I was like, oh, he's a Tyler Hero. He's he, But, like, Poole has shown, like, again, you don't want to overreact to Poole going crazy against a very good matchup, but he's been good this year and has carried a pretty big load, and as. You know, performed well with and without Steph. So I, you know, he. Um, what he is if he's like a, a full time first or second option, I don't know. I don't see any reason why he couldn't handle that. To be honest with you, like he is. It, I'm not gonna say it's like a second Steph Curry. It's something else. That's, I, I mean, he's I mean, really good. He's not Steph Curry. But he's pretty good. He's pretty like. I, but again, like he's like he's getting a little bit of the. Okay, well, you got you got one dude is guarding Steph, another guy is guarding Clay, and then somehow I guess you're guarding Pool. You know, there's there's there is a little bit of that. Sure, I mean, so he's benefiting quite a bit from not being the, you know, yeah, the head on the totem pole. But what he does without Steph and what he did during the regular season, like the end of the regular season without Steph. And this guy's a real, like he's a real player. And um, our, I would say our hesitance to expect greatness out of him in his first like playoff run um, is normal, but that dude can actually play. Like he, I don't know what he's going to make this summer, but it's going to be a lot of money and he, he, he if steph say, curry ever leaves the warriors yeah. oh right right but if steph curry ever leaves the warriors uh, i is it safe i you to know say this Jordan is, would be sort of part down. of why he would slow down. now i don't think he's going slow to because money's fake down. to them
1: well no but i'm them,
0: so. no no i'm just saying no i'm i'm saying like slow down on like that sort of you know, we this is your this is the uh, the hype boom bust cycle where oh, like we get ga- we gas a guy up too much. It's like how come he's not the player that I was wrong to expect him to be? <laughs> and I, 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 I you know I get tired of that. Um, oh yeah. Oh. So no, I think I mean I think honestly like he's been great this series. I think like if he does this against Memphis or Phoenix or Dallas, um, then the, you really have my attention. Like you have my attention, but like, do, you know, I would be surprised w- w- at this point. If light, lighting do up it. bones, lighting up Bones Highland, and lighting up you know,
1: Will somebody Barton. else. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It's nothing. It, you know, right.
0: or like do do this against Dorian Finney Smith, and then and go <laughs> me. Oh, God, nobody yeah. does this to Dorian Finney Smith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. What. Uh, they, yeah, uh, do the mid-range assassins lose their value against switching defense like Kobe in 2008 and KD uh, against Golden State in 2016 and Boston now and Booker against the Bucks last year? Uh, I don't think it's the mid-range where those guys lose value. I think the switching right. defense is more about taking away like the, the rhythm, step into it, pull up three. Um, and not only that, but also the um, going downhill, getting to the basket. Yeah. Right? Like, theoretically, if you switch, it means you always have a guy in front. Right? Like, you're going to be able to – like, your, your defender is always going to be square to the ball handler, which makes it – and this is what Utah is awful at. When they do switch, their guys are constantly turned. I mean, it, it, look, man. I'm not going to say these guys are throwing it on defense, but it – it can't look any worse if they were throwing the defense. And so for some reason when Utah switches, they they switch with their hips flipped and the guy just goes right past them. But theoretically, when you switch, you're gonna be in front of the ball handler so he can't get downhill. And it's supposed to stop the the attack coming downhill and also take away the pull up. But I I think the, the the thing that the switching defense can do and this is this is specifically about Booker in the finals last year mm-hmm. is for a guy who's a good mid-range shooter it can sort of induce a lot of, of those shots. and even the guys who are great, like, okay, that's a good shot for me, but you've taken, you've taken a great possession off the table right because, you Create a, a, an environment that encourages guys to settle. Oh wait, I thought settling was only shooting threes. No. Settling is shooting that first thing that's available, not even open necessarily, just available, right? Like DeMar Rosen is a good settler because he's so good at hitting contested shots. You don't mind when DeMar Rosen settles on a mid-range shot. You mind when, like, I don't know, Alex Caruso has to settle on a mid-range shot. That's not a guy that I want to take a mid-range shot. So the mid-range assassins will always have value in the playoffs. Because they are the guys like Kevin Durant, he's going to hit contested mid-range, well, at a level that at least makes you contest them tightly all the time. I mean, I, now he can't get past anybody, and that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I think that the Nets <laughs> like may have may have asked too much of him this year. Well, um, he's played what forty minutes a night for the last yeah. like month, month and a half. Yeah, bro. I mean, he looks exhausted and, and them having to play uh, against this Boston defense where, I mean, and I, I talked about this, Jason Tatum and Al Horford have just been incredible on Kevin Durant and physical. They're touching him constantly. His handles have been a little loose anyway, like forever. Um, and he gets by because he's, seven feet tall and he's got that jumper and he's still got, he had the first step. And now that first step is not the same. It's a little bit slower at this point in the season. Like if you're not, if you're not like even leaning on like he, like his favorite move is that, that hang crossover right to left. Mm-hmm. up, And if you're yep. not, okay, well fine, take that big step with the right and I'll be with you then. Uh, if, if like you're not, if 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 you don't you know, lean into that, like it, it does take away kind of his, like the 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 number one option in his bag a little bit, and like okay, it's easier said than done. And you know, if Boston has six plus, well, five with Williams out, but six plus defenders that they can they can throw out there. So that that probably is something that not a lot of teams can, well, no teams can replicate really. Um, so and like plus defenders with size, mm-hmm. um, which is important against against KD. Um, like just you know, you're not you're not going to be able to block a shot, but you can at least crowd him and take away his eyeline a little bit yeah and i I think that they've done a good job of mixing up their coverages too on him and like sometimes sending two which is interesting because Kevin Durant's actually a pretty good passer so this is this is this almost relates to what we said you said something about them being physical and just touching him a lot and i think that's an important call back to what we said about dallas earlier yeah is a feature of luka in the playoffs has been wearing down at the end of games and the end of series mm-hmm. um, and that's you know somewhat on luka's conditioning but much more on the fact that it's oh you know, he's taken body shots for rounds mm-hmm. and you know the legs are gone like and now they're just you know they're 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 saving they're saving some of those miles by not having him have to bring the ball up against even semi pressure not having him have to initiate every play letting him get <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is are you, what I are, you said typing? About are you are you folding sticks? What's going on back? There? Me? Oh, <laughs> I was, oh, actually, Easter candy, which, ah. you know, I'm, a, I'm in a house with children in it. So, I'm gonna eat some I, candy. I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what you know about. what that's like. Yeah, um, But I, I will say uh, this is a little bit what I said about Chris Paul, right? Like Chris Paul missing that time. He looks pretty fresh now. His shooting is actually suspect let's now. let's so let, actually, yeah. but maybe maybe we should talk about that. Maybe we should close with 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 Chris Paul and how he closed out the Pelicans last night. Okay, so he has been spectacular running the offense, but him getting upset about the well, not upset, okay, but pointing out that the Pelicans were calling under for him. Stands out to me. Do you know, in the seven games that he played in the regular season after he came back from injury, he was shooting like 17% from three. Low volume. He's been low volume all year. He only shot 33% on like three attempts his shoulder a shoulder has never, has never been fully right. He has right. not come back. And so going under was the right move. He just had two good games shooting. Last night he was 1 of 6. He missed some late threes, right? Like going under was the move for him. But the difference is that Chris Paul is a complete basketball player. If the if the three's not falling, he still is going to shoot it because he knows he has to. He has to shoot in three because him shooting in three opens up the passing lanes for the other guys. DeAndre Ayton has a huge game because Chris Paul still shoots those threes. And Go then when it, all you want, and he might yeah. hit them. Well, and then it then you know go under or start switching or whatever, and then okay, well set another screen, and he basically like gets three or four screens, and suddenly he, the last screen is at the top of the top of the key, not outside the three point line, but like the call like the high school three point line, and all of a sudden one inside out dribble, he gets to the right elbow, leans forty five degrees to his right, and drops mm-hmm. in a jumper, and you know does that five times in, in the last six minutes of the game, and then there you go. I think that when you have a guy who understands the angle – I mean, Jokic is like this. LeBron is like this. I think Giannis reached this level last year during the playoffs, like after the knee injury. I feel like he kind of reached this level where things are just slow. They're slower for those guys. And Chris Paul is a great example of it. He never looks rushed. You ever seen – I mean – when was the last time you can remember Chris Paul looking like panicked? It's been a while. Like maybe the Clippers. playoffs against OKC. Yeah, yeah. It's been a minute. So, I, and, and, and that's that and that's one one play. That's that's one play of him trying to like like super genius draw a three shot foul on a on a take foul in the yeah. backcourt. And so what we're seeing right now with Chris Paul, like again, the shot's not there, and, and you're right, it, it it may be the shoulder the shot the three the three point shot is not there but everything else is and are they going to miss booker for sure they're not going to miss booker until they play the warriors i think i don't oh, i don't think that, i don't think they're worried about like dallas is good but i mean if luka's not 100% i i don't know that phoenix is worried about dallas as much as, as utah is going to be right Utah just can't. I don't think they can beat Dallas even without Luka. But Phoenix, if Luca's not 100, percent I think Phoenix should win that series even without Booker. Um, yeah, and, and it's just when no. you get to the Warriors, if he doesn't have Booker, if he doesn't have another guy, that's when things start to get tricky for him. Because they're gonna make they're gonna make Chris Paul beat him. Though so that's I mean they have three weeks till that series though. But it's a hamstring. Yeah, but. It's, but it's three weeks, so it's, it'll basically have been close to a month since the injury. Oh, that's there. I guess it's already been almost, what, yeah. five days? Four yeah. days? Yeah. So it's it's going to be the, like, you know, it's the, 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 the big difference between, like, you know, if looking forward to the Bucks being... The Bucks are probably going to be without Middleton for a good part of the Boston series, presuming things about both first-round series, whereas it's less certain, like... There's a a chance that that Booker's right for game one of the conference finals. And there's no chance that Middleton is right for game one of the second round. Anything else we want to hit? uh, Or should we get out Um, and uh, see if we can catch the end of this uh, Toronto-Philly game? Yeah. um, You know what, man? I I think that the the one last thing is I want to ask you about the play-in. Like, this is something we didn't get to okay. the other day because, like, Love you know, it. we had Love to jump it. right into playoffs. We like that the play-in puts the play-in teams at a disadvantage, right? Because I yes. hear a lot of people doing this hand-wringing, and they're like, oh, well, the Pelicans only had two days off. The Pelicans had nine months. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Win exactly. your games. Thank you. Okay. Win so your as games. As long as we're on the same page here. Win yeah. You, no, it's, it's like. Playing is good. But don't, don't whine about it. You weren't even supposed to be when there. Was, did, do people ever, like, whine about the, like, there's a team that makes the wild card round in football in the NFL. They're, oh, my God, it's so unfair. We have to play. It's like, well, no, we, we got in. We're happy to be in the playoffs because we got in through the wild card, so we have to win an extra game on the road. And just, It's like, yeah, you had, you know, yeah. it's, <laughs> like, it was, it's, it's completely in your control whether or not you have that road to go through. Like you win your games and you get to stay at home for days and and you know and not play for a week and sleep in your own bed for the first two games of the series and like that's that's you know I think that's how it should be right it, it, I mean it's how advantages are supposed to work right like yeah. we want you to work to win during the regular season so you brought in the or- up a plan and maybe maybe. uh how about uh, how about we do this in again in a couple weeks and I'll, I'll tease a topic, um, which is what does the play-in say about a possible in-season tournament? This is a conversation we we, we sort of hint at at Nerder, but Mo is so against in-season <laughs> that 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 you know. So I like, I mean the in-season tournament's happening because single elimination basketball, is single too elimination compelling. basketball with NBA players when they care is awesome, bro. It's too compelling, man. Yeah. And, and, and we'll get to it during the summer for sure, either on your show or on Nerd. But cool, um, to me, like the NBA actually loses money by not having more single elimination stuff. We know how big a game seven is. And I'm not saying eliminate series. But I don't know, man. Maybe the NBA should consider a little, like making more from less. Best three out of five is a little bit more volatile than four out of seven, and, and I understand I that when you have a long I regular season. Mind, I didn't mind the first round being best of five at all.
1: Like I'm old I, enough I to remember that. Sense, and man. I,
0: yeah, like, but then, but then you, but then, you, but, then you, good, but, man. but then there won't be any more sixteen game players. Well, okay, so you're players. a fourteen. Well, but <laughs> here's the thing, though: what if you're a ten seed? Yeah. And you got to play sixteen games. I mean, I think everyone in the got we got to win seventeen. Games. okay, there you go, seventeen games. So math, I, I, everyone math. should be rooting for the Pelicans to become the first team to win more than sixteen games in the playoffs. Right? Like, but I want, the plan I mean, is not the playoffs. Jose, right? I, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. <laughs> okay, it's a playoff. You made the playoffs. If you're a wild card team, you're in the playoffs. You call it the play-in. I'm going to call it the playoffs. I don't care. This is this is you know this is the not to talk NCAA tournament, but I'm I'm still mad that they stick, like conference champions from smaller school from smaller conferences in like the first four in the NCAA tournament. Um, like let I the, think, let the 15, I think seeding sucks. Well, let the and fifteen from the SEC play the fourth team from the Big Ten. In in those games, like if a team wins the SWAC or the MIAC or or the Big West or whatever, let them play in the real tournament. Let them play, you know, when there's four games going at once. We're anyway. This is, this is, this is see. Now we're just doing a phone call between yeah, me and Seth. I know. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> that, I mean, the, the app is called Call In. So that's true. So that's hard. true. All right, all right uh, uh, Dave. you don't have anything to plug because we do all the same shit. So, that's right. That's so right. Uh, g- enjoy Check Florida. Oh yeah. Oh well, hey. Uh, I actually that's a you know we'll, we'll, you know what well we'll uh, in a couple weeks we'll come back and talk more about SBC. Maybe maybe I'll see if I can rope uh, Eric Pinkett in. And there we can, go. Uh, we can we'll talk to TV so salary that. cap stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, thank you for uh, for swinging by on short notice, and yeah. thanks, folks, for listening and for asking asking good questions, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. I am back early next week. I think next week I've got Jared Weiss coming on, and I've got someone coming on to talk injuries as well. Um, Mm. So so pay attention to that, and uh, talk to you all in the next week. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Take care, guys.